Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, folks. In this episode of The Hang, I'm hanging with stage actress Victoria Hamilton Barrett. Victoria and I got to know each other in Murder Ballad when we did the UK premiere in London at the Arts Theatre in 2016, which garnered Victoria a Laurence Olivier nomination. Rightfully so. I honestly don't think there's anyone quite like Victoria. She's enigmatic and utterly captivating on stage. She's done a plethora of stage roles, and I think her career is just waiting to explode. When we sat down to record this, Victoria was performing alongside Wendell Pierce in Death of a Salesman. I was incredibly fortunate to have left the studio right after this podcast and saw Victoria in the play. Victoria was a star among stars on that stage. And in this episode, you'll hear Victoria speak about how nervous and slightly overwhelmed she felt leading up to joining the cast. But she truly deserved to be there and she held her own. She was incredible. Since our recording, it has been announced that Victoria will be starring in Andrew Lloyd Webber's next musical, Cinderella, as the evil stepmother, which is slated to open later in 2020 in London's West End. I'm incredibly grateful Victoria and I have become friends over the years. You ready? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just happy to see you. Victoria, welcome to The Hang. Thanks. Do you know what? When we did Murder Ballad, Murder Ballad, it was 2016, wasn't it? That's crazy. We're in 2019 now. We're finishing it up. This is weird because I've since then I've literally seen you once, once, and that was when you came to see the view upstairs, which we'll get to, which was phenomenal. I know you liked that one, didn't you? I loved it. I wanted to see it again, but I just couldn't because of filming. I know. But I remember thinking this was a beautiful piece of theater. Yeah, and it was mega special. So murder ballad. It was this time. It was. Literally, we would have been finishing by now, right? We would have been finishing because we started rehearsing in the summer. I remember it being really hot weather. Yeah. yeah. And very cold when we finished. And very cold when we finished and sad. Do you know what? It was so up close and personal with us lot. Like there was the yeah. four of us and then there were the, you know, there was um, Natalie and Matt Yeah. as a covers. We were just a really close knit bunch. And it was just like, I really, yeah, I felt the blues with that coming to an end as well. And it's very rare when that, that actually happens, isn't it? Yeah. And you became like a sister to me. Yeah. And to not have that in our daily routine. Yeah, we were BFFs, full-blown. How's life got like that? I was just saying to Simon yeah. Bailey, I, right now I just feel life is on fast forward. And you must feel that way being a mom of two. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Juggling family life, an amazing career, but just life in general. Like, what's going on? Well, it's full on. It's really full on. And that's why I said to you, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit haggard. I don't know how well I can speak today, but I'm, yeah, I'm having the best of times doing the show that I'm doing at Death of a Salesman at um, the Piccadilly. And honestly, it's, I think, one of the best things I've truly ever been part of. Um, but my gosh, I am absolutely shattered because having two kids like you would know mm. is an absolute game changer. And we're still not quite fully, um, you know, sleeping all the way through the night. You know, we're still, you know. How old's the youngest right Doing now? that whole thing. She's 18 months. Oof. And the other one's going to be four in Feb. So it's still very, it's still very new and still intense. But I'm having the best time. 
and they just make me so happy. And, you know, I, I really do feel fortunate. I feel so lucky at the moment. Everything is going really well. So but, tell me about Death of a Salesman. I can't wait to see it. You need to see it. You it runs till January 4th. 4th. Yeah, and it won't be extended because people have to, you know, they've got other things to do that they need to be getting on with. So everyone who wants to see it has to come and see it. Um, oh, my gosh, it's brilliant. I'm so excited for you to come and see this because I know you're going to get all, like, goosebumpy again, like you oh, did good. with The View Upstairs. Really? Yeah. And Wendell Pierce is just an absolute force. Oh, I'm a big fan. Seriously, there's, like... There is, there is, you are gonna, you're, you're just, you're gonna absolutely die. He is just the most inspiring person I've ever had a chance to work with. And he's just so crazy experienced. I've just learned so much from him because I've been working so up close with him as well with my scenes yeah. and everything. But man, I learn so much from him every day. And this, and the rest of the cast as well. It's truly. So what was the rehearsal really process like? Oh Tell me gosh. about that. Can I, you get into that? Yeah. I had irritable bowel for the first week. Why? I was so nervous. I ask you why, as if you'd done something about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, like, why? Why'd you, you do that? that? Scene too? <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous, Ramin. You know I was. Do you remember I said to you on the phone how I was so scared to be doing yeah, this? Yeah, of course. But so excited as well at the same time. But my gosh, I was, for the first first week, I was petrified. Um, but, you know, just working with Marianne. And Miranda yes. as well, Marianne Elliott and Miranda Cromwell, incredible directors, and just felt, felt so fortunate and so lucky for them bringing me on board on this, you know, because I saw it at the Young Vic and just was totally in awe. And then when I found out I got the gig, my gosh. So did when you started, had the show already had a life at Piccadilly or you came in with it? So it had a life at the, the Young Vic. But not at the Piccadilly. Yet. Not at the Piccadilly. So that was the extension. So everybody had to re-rehearse anyways? Everyone had to re-rehearse anyways, but half stayed, half of the company stayed, right. and half left. Everyone in the room that had stayed on said it felt like a completely new environment, new okay. energies coming in, and that it felt like a very different show. How long rehearsal did you get? Oh my gosh, nothing. Like like for us, it was I think two and a half, three weeks, including tech. Wow. It was it was really busy. That was for me because I came in a week later. A few of us came in a week later because they focused on the brothers because they've got such heavy yeah. tracks. I mean, it's like them 90% of the show. Sorry. Yeah, the four of them, they really have their work cut out for them. So they were focusing on that in the first week. And then we joined on the second. And then I think it was like two and a half, three weeks later, and we opened. So what did you do to prep for that bro? What did I do to prep? Well, try and not panic, first of all. Because um, I ask this because I think you're a phenomenal actress. You light up the stage. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> no, I mean it. Just so you, people blush. gravitate towards you. You you do just have this presence and it's so authentic and it's you're just living. You're behaving in this environment as that person. So I I look up to you as a as an artist for that reason. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. And no, I've said exactly the same thing. Same thing about you, you know, and I've learned so much from you as well. So we've worked. I'm hoping people will listen to this and uh, hopefully yeah. there are, <laughs> you know, uh, folks who tune in to hopefully uh, learn something as well. As much as I want this just to be a, a, a free for all hang, how do you break down the script? How do you, what did you do to start prepping this like you would for what you did with View from Upstairs? Um, obviously, I had firsthand experience with Murder Ballad, which, mm. again, you, you created magic. So now you get Death of a Salesman. And Audition, uh, straight offer? Straight offer, yeah. Amazing. Which sometimes... Crazy. Oh, hang on, no, it wasn't a straight offer. It was a, a very quick offer. 
But it, I, I did right, audition. So you did no, audition. I definitely auditioned. Okay. Yeah, no, I did. But I found out very quickly, which which made me feel great because you know that so they were me, excited to have me on board. You know. So we share the same agent. Peter or Alex called mm -hmm. you, right? So yeah. you got casting for. Death of a Salesman for such and such part. Yeah, and it was, I think it was in its last week at the at the Young Vic. And so, and it was sold out. So I had to go around the houses and like uh, talk to friends to hook me up with other friends and stuff to, to get me a ticket. And I managed to get one. But it get was like, ticket. it was so, it was sold out. Like, that's why I think we've got full houses pretty much every night. Because, uh, you know, everyone really wanted to see the show and it didn't run long enough. And the Young Vic is such a, s a smaller venue, you know, so you can only get so many people in. But yeah, I was like, I need to see the show. I've got, you know, I've got this aud audition coming up and I wanted to see it anyway. But yeah, I mean, just absolutely ecstatic when I found out I, I had got that. And also transitioning into plays as well. Yeah. Love musicals to bits. Have the, mo the most incredible time doing musicals because it's the most, well, it's the most fun and silly job you can ever do. Like you have the most fun. But it was really nice to have that opportunity to kind of transition as well. Um, so you get so scenes sent to you? I did, yeah. I had a couple of scenes sent to me and I read, I read just one of them. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was the one audition. One so talk audition. me through it. Talk us all through it. Talk us all through it while I got the call. And um, and then, yeah, the material so you, was sent through. When you walk into the room, just, hi, how you doing? You do all that small yeah, talk. Yeah, and I've auditioned for Marianne before, and she's always, like, really encouraging. Great. And just, she's just a awesome? nice, yeah, but she's just like, wow. She's just something else. Like I never understand that when you go to some castings, and they, it's almost like they force you to jump hurdles and, I'm like, listen, you want this to work out just as yeah. much as they want. It'll make your job easier, make my life easier. So when yeah. you get people who are actually encouraging to bring the best out of you, yeah. what a great experience. That's it. And she does. She really kind of puts your mind at ease and makes you feel makes you feel as though you're in a safe place because like what you just said, there's nothing worse auditioning and you Yeah. So <clears throat> you work in you walk in with the prepared stuff. Yeah, but the prepared stuff. What do you do at home to prepare it? Literally really not that much at all. You connected to it right away, you felt? Well I'm no, because it's like this panic with me. I have because I've got the children, you know, it's mm. like I always have a window. Yeah. I can I can't take such all the time I want to learn this text, to provide you know, to 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 provide for it. So the process is is actually incredibly rushed and frantic. And I think well, that's why when you asked me the question, I kind of pulled a face because I don't even think there is a process. It's like it's literally through sheer panic. You have four days to learn this. So try and do, do the best, <laughs> best you can yeah. and as much as you can. And so, um, yeah, and it would always be some cra crazy mad hour of like learning at one o'clock in the morning till three or something because yeah. that's working around sleep. And stuff for the kids. Or while they're feeding them. Yeah, exactly. But it's got better now. It has, it has settled. These, these children have settled a bit. So I am sleeping at night. But, um, yeah, there really hasn't been much of a process like for auditioning. It's just like, you better learn this. It's yeah. like, yeah, you try and learn it and get it down as much as you can and then just go in and just hope for the best. And run off instinct. And run, yeah, run off instinct. Which and a lot that's of people what do. It always is, isn't it? It's like kind of what you, have an idea and rehearse at home. Yeah. It's completely different to what you go and, you know, present in the room. I don't know if you find that, but I'm constantly doing that. I'm like having ideas at home, but then actually when I'm in the moment and I am in the process of, you know, doing what I need to do in front of those who matter, it completely gets changed up. Well, that's what I find amazing about you is like when I watch you work, I'm like, what is, what I'm computing in my head is, what she doing? What she's doing now was probably not written on the page. So, as actors, you try and find 
yeah, you got your words, but what's not on the page? Mm. And that becomes really interesting. And I think, but I guess during rehearsals, yeah. and you have great directors and great cast of, obviously, it's all down mm. to listening and responding. Yeah. But also directors that give you that artistic license. That's the best part of just just letting you just crack on, just letting you get on with it. And not those directors that say, well, point your finger at this point here. Well, why oh, am no. I going to do that? Because it's always been done. So Yeah, that, then, then right away, if, I think you're a bit like me. If they say, mm. it, if you get that reason, it's like, well, I'm definitely not doing it now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you thought I was going to do it? Absolutely not now. Yeah. And I know that side of you. <laughs> I know that side of you. But um, yeah, no, it's just just having the opportunity to be free. And that's what I love. I do live. I love Wendell for that. Wendell Pierce is that he, um, he's just not a mechanical actor at all. Every night is just, he's so free oh. and you just don't know what he's going to do every night. I mean, it's all within keeping of what he's supposed to do, but it's just like, he just gives you these little surprises and these little treats every every night and it's just something new and fresh and just unexpected which is great because it leaves it exciting for me but then i kind of have that anxiety of do not be a mechanical actor do not be a mechanical actor no. be in this moment and it's it's great because it's a reminder to be present to be present you know because there's nothing worse than you know mechanical acting is there no it's like seeing you know just just functioning you've learned the show you, you've nailed what you need to do and then just repeating that process without really you know, being well, in the moment look there's so many different roads you can take to get to your destination yeah. and if you're present and you're with that person you then go for that ride yeah that's it. you'll end up at the same destination yeah otherwise then you're not doing yeah. the show anymore yeah, and the director exactly. be like yeah let's have a little chat yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> come, come here. which but i've yeah. had a few of those as well and now you're absolutely <laughs> yeah, right you i'm sorry right. but that's what's great and that's what makes you a wonderful actor isn't it you know I remember in the early part of my career, and I, I, again, will not mention anything, what production it was and who was directing it, but I remember having that talk in the dressing room and this particular director said, you never do the same show every night. And I was like, oh, thanks. No, that's not a compliment. Oh. I had the same. But I took it as a compliment. <laughs> me too. <laughs> that's like, but surely you don't want me to do the same show every night, no? Yeah. Like I <laughs> I'm, I'm getting different thoughts and I'm going with it. You know, yeah. we wake up every day. We feel different every day. And that's why sometimes when you, do you ever find when you don't want to over talk a scene when someone's like, oh, last night this happened. I don't want to know. Yeah, it yeah. happened, it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just see what happens tonight. Yeah. Do you know what? Another thing is like, um, don't, this is the hardest thing because you want to compliment. If you see good work and you're working with someone who does something brilliant, never go to them and tell them. I know. Because that moment's gone now. That's gone. Wait till the contract comes to an end. Even if it's a, a schlep of a contract, just wait. Because that moment is totally, you, you become, as soon as you start becoming aware of what you're doing. It's done. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Because then you're aware. You are aware. So you're overthinking it because that's what we do. But I do it all the time. I want to say it all the time. Because I, like, I see such amazing things, especially in this particular show. You know, and I want to congratulate people on being so brilliant but I don't dare because <laughs> like I don't want to bring them down well that's all you can say is like that was amazing yeah and I guess I'm, what I'm going to take from this conversation yeah. is uh, from now I'm going to say that was amazing and when this is done I'm going to be very specific yeah. but for now <laughs> keep doing what you're doing keep doing what you're doing yeah, yeah. especially with Holby now 
because it's so ongoing. I don't yeah. like talking about it. I don't really want to talk about Keon because it's forever evolving. Every night, every week, there's a new episode. Yeah. So it's hard to talk about when it's happening. When I leave Holby, let's talk about it. Yeah. That's no, why exactly. I don't want to talk too much about Death of a Salesman, apart yeah. from how cool Wendell must be. I know. And oh, I Mr. So Pierce, I should you. say. You need to see it. I think you're will. going to be so excited. You're going to love it. Also, I don't know when this will actually go out. So no. <laughs> starting true, in February, yeah. the yeah. hang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, the topic subject matter is kind of redundant. <laughs> so because I would love to touch on course line and then obviously in the heights as well. Yeah. Did that till you're eight months pregnant. Yeah. That's crazy. That was yeah, it was amazing. It was honestly that show was the sole piece of my life. Which one now? In, in the, the Heights. Heights. That is so Yeah, young. that was. And playing Daniela pregnant as well, after having played her at the Southwark Playhouse for that mm -hmm. little short limited run, um, it felt so much more playing her, you know, being pregnant and playing her because it, ha it gave it more kind of, well, it was more heartbreaking at the, at the end, for example, because she has to move on and get, you know, move out of the shop, you know, the salon and, and move further out into the burbs, you know. So I don't know. It was, oh, I don't know. That was the best show ever. I really, even to this day, if I had the opportunity to do it again, I would jump straight back in. So, but it, I can see the glint in your eye. It can't be just a part. It must have been the experience with the company as a whole. Yeah, the company. I think we were just really lucky. At the Southwark Playhouse, it was like everyone who was involved, knew that they were so lucky to be there wow. in that room. It was like a real gratitude moment of like, wow, look what we're doing. And we're the chosen ones to put this on. It was, I remember us all feeling quite <laughs> spiritual about it. And um, I, again, I would say there's very few moments in your career when that really happens, where you just, something just clicks and it just feels like you are in the right place at the right time, you know, in this, you know, time in your life. And, um, yeah, we were all so lucky to be there. So when we found out we had the tran transfer over to the King's Cross, mm -hmm. which was a new venue, you know, we were sharing that with the railway children at that time. Did Tristan produce in the Heights? Yeah, and oh, um, Paul amazing. Taylor Mills as well. Wow. Yeah. Those two are doing some amazing They're things, doing amazing man. things. Really good work. Yeah, fantastic. Great, so it was great. Great young producers. And that show really put them up there, you know, because of... It's activity with the Olivier's and, and whatnot. It really kind of. That sense of gratitude that you're talking about though. Why mm. shouldn't it always be like that? Yeah, but it's not though. Sometimes we. Why it, do you think it's less in the, I guess, bigger commercial successes? If, if, if it is. Because there's more heart. There's more heart in the smaller productions, don't you think? Why? Because it's not a factory. And wherever there's a factory, Doing the same thing over and over again, the heart gets removed. It was well, once there in the initial process. To? What's that down to? For maybe going on for too long and not being, just no longer seeing the beauty that was created when it was first called out in a rehearsal room. It got to, just too complacent. But that's got to come from somewhere because something, you know, obviously you, you, the big shows, Phantom and Les Mis, mm. for me, I'm still a fan. Yeah. I still think they're beautiful. Or They have good people around them. Maybe their creatives are the best people that can be around them that allows them to experiment and explore. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's why Les Mis has been going on for so long and Phantom. And because maybe, maybe that creative team has, you know, they're still encouraging, you know, 
Yeah, I guess and so. And they work with the talent that's put there in front of them and don't get them to try and be replicas, you know. Well, that would be amazing. And I hope that is the case. And I'm sure it is. But I do. I honestly feel like, especially with new writing and uh, new ideas, there's, there is so much buzz. And because of that, there's so much heart where those people who are putting it on, they literally have to be there. They can't be anywhere else because all, because also let's face it, if they're doing smaller independent theatres, like which were like small, smaller houses where let's say there's 150, it can seat 150 to maybe 400 or whatever. As an artist, you're not going to be on the biggest bucks, are you? So what's bringing you to that piece? Heart. Passion, yeah. You know? A belief. Heart. Because they have to be there. Literally everyone has to be there. So obviously with the Southwark Playhouse, that was a prime example. You know, it's only a small theatre. Is it like, what, a small house of 120 or something? I can't, maybe not even that. I don't know. But everyone in that room had to be there. And that's why magic happened. But I've been really lucky, I feel, over the last couple of years that I've had that opportunity, you know, to be in those smaller, smaller productions, mm-hmm. but so much, but so big in in the other way, if you know what I mean. But um, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and also yeah. we can't deny... In the Heights, Lynn wrote yeah, a great show, mom. you know. Yeah, He's, yeah, you're working with probably our greatest modern writer now. Yeah, yeah, and that in itself was just amazing. And he was so encouraging with the show. And he he was really supportive as well, you know. He's a big fan of just our industry. You know, when mm. I – experiences I had working in New York and he'd come to rehearsals when we did – may rest in peace, Hal Prince, we did Prince of Broadway and – what was extraordinary about that, we that show was up and we had four weeks of rehearsal. By the end of the first week, it was all ready to go. So we just ran it for three weeks. We'd come in at 11 and by about one, we were done. That was oh, really? our day. Yeah. And we kept running it for his friends. And every day his friends are people who revolution, laid the way for yeah, us. Yeah. One, there's Stephen Sondheim in there. Lynn's there. Oh, every day there was somebody I'm like, Jesus. What was this on? Uh Prince of Broadway. Oh, the Prince of Broadway. Yeah, yes, yeah. but we rehearsed it in New York, and then the world premiere was in yeah. Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Lynn, going back to him, he's just big smile on his face. He's loving it because yeah. this is what he grew up to. Yeah. No, exactly. And he's got the In the Heights movie at the moment that's being Amazing, made. right? So that's all happening. Which won't I be long before wait. Hamilton will be a movie. Uh, I can imagine, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see that. Oh my god! Well, you know, I just absolutely adore the whole thing. But he's—I think he's in Wales at the moment doing something, isn't he? He's doing so much. Yeah, he's doing so much. What's he doing in Wales? I don't know. Yeah, I don't get to watch any TV. This is like a thing of the past. I see a bit more now when I'm not filming and being Mm. home with Mandy and the boys. Mm. But half the time, you know, everyone I talk to people like, have you seen this on Netflix? All these different series because there's so much now. Then you got Hulu, yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime, Apple Plus. There's so much stuff I can't even keep up with it. How do people watch so much? I don't, I don't know. know. Even if you they work got nine children. to five and you go home, they haven't got it's kids. Gotta be that. They haven't got children. <laughs> it's it's like, gotta be that. I do get envious though. Like all these shows, is it Black Mirror? You know, I want to, like, everyone keeps on talking about Black Mirror. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want the opportunity to watch some TV. What's the last but, series you saw from beginning uh, you have finished the, the series? What was it? Oh, please don't tell me it was Friends. Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, Friends. <laughs> it was the 90s. Um, so you have seen all of Breaking Bad? I did, yeah. Amazing. And I absolutely loved it, but I've got a terrible feeling that was the last thing I. Do you find. Oh, no, Game of Thrones. It was I Game haven't of seen Thrones. the last season yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. So do you find when you watch, are you present or 
you're watching, it's on, but then you're dealing with the kids. Are you? Is, the, is your phone in your hand? Partly present. The phone's not in my hand. Great. No, I'm like putting that phone away, you Smart. know, because when Rory and myself are spending time, that's the time, get rid of the phones. We are going to attempt to watch a TV show together. And that was the whole kind of Game of Thrones thing. He and must we, have loved Game, we Game of Thrones. He absolutely loved it. But yeah. Because he loved it, it made me love it even more. So we had this kind of like... It's really cool. But you've seen it, haven't you? Up until the final season, oh, yeah. yeah. You need to watch the final season. Oh. A lot of people were disappointed, but I just went with it. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like to do something like that? Oh my gosh, I would have loved to have been in Game of Thrones. To this day, I'm like confused why I wasn't. I would have loved to have been one of those... Um, was it? No, it's not the wildlings, is it? The, um, oh, what are they called? It'd be a good wildling. I would be a good wildling, actually. Who's your favourite character from it? I would... I did like Khaleesi. She's great. She, I mean, she's pretty insane, isn't she? She's like amazing. And what was the other one? Now I'm trying to. This is my brain now. I'm forgetting everything. So did you, when you watched it, was it one a week or did you splurge and go back to back episodes? Because my problem is, yeah, I've seen a bunch of things. Yeah. I cannot remember. I can't remember. I have to watch the whole thing in like over a few days. Once. I could rewatch Breaking Bad and it'd be like the first time. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm very much the same. You kind of watch it and then it and then it leaves you, doesn't it? Unless you're a super fan and you're rewatching. So going back to your favorite character, Khaleesi. The bad queen. What was her name? Oh yeah. Oh, um, Cersei. Yeah, she's, she's great. Amazing. Absolutely adore her. Yeah, no, she's my favorite. Um, I'd have to say I love the Hound in Game of Thrones. The Hound. Yeah. Remind me. Yeah, half his face was burnt. Oh my gosh, the big dude. Yeah. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's awesome. He and looks ruthless. like an authentic dude as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. And then Aya. Yes, Stark, right? Stark. She's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Maisie, is it Maisie That's Williams? That's right, Maisie she Williams. Is, yeah. yeah, she is amazing. Great things are going to come from her. 100%. Yeah, she's insane. So, yeah, no, absolutely. They're good. They were a good little team, those two. So, working with Wendell, did you get into The Wire? Had you seen The Wire? No. I've seen, I've seen the first um, series. How good is it? But I need to see the rest, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's it was so amazing. Good. Incredible, the first series. Absolutely loved it. But um, Suits, this is something I need to see. Do you? Yeah, did you see Do that? Do I need to see it? Yeah, apparently so. Okay. Apparently it's supposed to be amazing. Everyone's talking about it. Suits. Jaden's doing like awesome things, isn't he? He's doing like his music. And I'm going to play some of his stuff. It's hip hop. Yeah. You played me the other, th one of the things. Oh, right. Well, he's singing on it now. He's oh, okay. got his voice. I was like, oh my gosh. Jaden, this is really good. <laughs> I want to hear it. You know it's, that he's going to be full-blown Phantom, isn't he, at the age of 22? Oh, he won't go down that route. You never know. But then again, when I was 15, I was listening to rap and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So was I, you know. But you're forever being at that age. You're so, like, inspired, aren't you? Like, one minute you're into this, next minute you're into that. I mean, you have to admit, like, with your... You have a big influence on him. More than you probably know, really. Yeah, I don't know, because he's at that age now where I'm getting, like, just grunts. And every now and then I'm oh, like, no. this is what do I you dread. like me? Yeah. <laughs> I dread this. This is what I, I'm so worried about. It's now where I, I, I realize time is so important. Yeah. And I worry so much. Mm. I don't let them run. Physical harm, I always worry about. Yeah. Especially after Jaden got hit by the car. It's just when every time they phone now, right away, just part of me like, are they phoning because there's a problem? I can't blame you. My anxiety since having children has gone through the roof. But I think that's the same with every parent. 
Tell me more about anxiety. That's why, like, yeah. even like stage dooring now, mm. it's not that I don't want, want to, to share. share my and show my gratitude. Yeah, I have. There's a reaction. I get very anxious, and it's got nothing to do with anyone but myself. Do you know what? I wish we could talk about this more. This is really good that you've mentioned that because I feel exactly the same, and I know that I've become more anxious, especially after having had children. Because you get triggers. You know, you just said about Jaden and his car accident. Mm -hmm. So that really affects, that affects you, you know? And then you, it's just, it's like another thing to kind of trigger uh, that part of your brain and that side of you. I know that I, that side of my brain can be triggered quite easily, much more easily now than maybe say a few years ago. But I think it's, there is, and I do think with what we do for a living, it's like, um, Anxiety. Would but you say you've had some bad stage door experiences? 100%. Yeah, me too. I would as well. I would say that I've had a few bad stage door experiences. You know, I remember I used to give my, in this particular show, I used to give a lot of time at stage door where it would almost run into an hour. And I'm like, and I go home and I think to myself, why did I do that? And then I would do it again and I'd do it again. And it would be the same for these same particular people, you know, um, because I don't know. I, I I just did. I chose to do that. But um, I remember one particular night it was raining and I needed to get home quick because Rory needed my attention for something. I think he was, if I remember, I don't think he was well. I think he had like the flu and he was really ill. So I was like, I need to get the hell out. I need to get home straight away. And then um, it was raining as also. Mm-hmm. And I darted straight to the tube. I just gave a quick wave and I just started straight to the gym. And um and the following day I got rude tweets. Hello. And I was ignored at stage door. You were ignored. Yeah. And I think, you know what? I give I've given you a lot of time already. And I chose to do that. Was that was my choice to do that. I yeah. wanted to do that. Because if I didn't want to do that, I wouldn't believe me, I wouldn't hang at stage door for an entire hour, you know. That's come from a place of me agreeing to do that. But don't do this. And then ever since then, it really kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Well, that's a shame. And that's their own sort of baggage that they're putting on you. Absolutely. Because you are giving, but also what's important is what you give on stage, Mm. you know. And to make sure you're 100% present in that moment and fulfilling your role that you're hired for and fulfilling yourself creatively as an artist, you have to make sure your personal life's all in order too. Yeah. Or there's less, or there's more time that you need pre-show to check out so you can check in for the show. Yeah, totally. Because nobody yeah. wants to bring your personal baggage on stage. Yeah. And there's also time, you, you need to get into the right headspace. Yeah, and you can't apologize yeah. for that. Yeah. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because it's also, I don't even know about you, but like you must feel that if you've had a very busy day, and you've been charging around and sometimes you'll feel that your energy levels are actually doing really well. But then it gears up to the show mm-hmm. and then you realize, hang on a minute, I've had a really busy day. I haven't stopped. And now I'm beginning to feel a bit, Phew. Yeah, I'm flagging and I'm just about to go on stage for the next two and a half hours or however long. And, and it's only and, Tuesday. Yeah, and it's only Tuesday. Six exactly. more of these a day. Yeah, yeah. So it is like preserving where you can and absolutely. And then you do, you have to find these different ways that are going to benefit the whole reason of why you're there. In the first place, you know? Yeah. But it's great so, having that support, though. You know, like, there's the good side of social media is where you can then still interact with your gratitude mm-hmm. and 
you see the buzz and that it's fun too you know yeah that was and, great and it's nice it's nice to have that support and you know uh and and the encouragement as well you know from stage door uh fans let's say because there are times when you can be your own worst enemy Mm. And say if you haven't been working for a few months or whatever, or you're just feeling a bit anxious in yourself because in your case, you've got so much work coming your way. <laughs> well, go on. <laughs> yeah, you've got so much, you know, to think about and so much to do. You know, it's nice to be reminded that you you are doing a positive thing and doing a good thing. And art is very important. Art is very important. And, mm -hmm. You know, culture is very important. I used to struggle with the idea of like what I did for a living was really selfish. Right. And then I thought, actually, hang on. No, this is art. If the world didn't have art, it'd be an incredibly boring and dull place. So this is a good contribu contribution. You're contributing, you know, in a good way. And you're having fun doing it as well. But um, did you ever feel that? Do you ever feel like... It's quite um, self-centered, your job. Well, I, yeah, I guess so. And it's early acceptance that I had about it. But then what I had to learn was, okay, for these hours, this is what I need to do for me, for the job, let's say. Yeah. And then once you're done, whatever you need afterwards, if you need time, yeah. it stops. And then the rest is family. And obviously exactly, yeah. that negotiate, negotiation changed with kids. Um, depending on what Mandy needs at certain times in her life, you know, like ebbs and flows. Um, it was easier, I guess, when I am in New York or Japan yeah. because mm -hmm. yeah, you haven't got that. Balancing. You only have yourself to worry about. Yeah. But then, equally hard in many yeah. other ways. There's always a flip side you to know, the coin. Because that was that was that was tricky for you. You yeah. had a very busy time, like with Anastasia. You're away. I remember you were the first a few person to reach calls. out to me and go, you're burning up. Well, I knew. You were worried. I was worried. Yeah. I, and I knew. I knew you were absolutely exhausted and, you know, you're, you were being really, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was a tough time for you. I remember. It's hard being away from, you know, your wife and your kids. You know, yeah. it takes a strong person to do that. Well, it strong really Mandy too, you know. Yeah. So tell me about Chorus Line. continued. The chorus line. Oh. That's where my agent and our agent fell in love with you. Well, that, that, did you see it? Did no. you see that show? That's a tough sadly. show. Do you know what? That's a really tough show because. That was with Johnny Partridge as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Johnny Partridge. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a, that was an amazing collaboration because you had the creative team from word go <laughs> from the very beginning of the chorus line. Uh, you know, we, we worked alongside them. Um, so it was a, it was an amazing experience and I really enjoyed the rehearsal process, but it was a very hard show because it's all about, it's all of, it's all a bit too real. It's not an escapism. You know, when you're playing Ooh. a character, you get to be someone else. Right. And it's exciting because you can just be someone else and you don't have to be yourself, you know. And that's why I think I do it because I love playing all these different characters and, you know, just exploring these these different, you know, people and different minds and everything. But with the chorus line, we were pretty much playing ourselves. And if we weren't playing ourselves in the role that we were playing in the show, I saw myself in that character. I saw myself in that character. And it was very, very, very real. And a lot of us who um, had been working for, let's say, a, a long period of time who, you know, 
maybe struggled with that a little bit more than those who had just graduated because those who had just graduated, they had nothing to compare it to. So they didn't know about the trials and tribulations of the industry and how tough it can be and the void, you know, the void and the darkness as well as the celebration and stuff. So if you're having a bit of an off day, like say two months in, once the kind of rose-tainted glasses have been removed, if you're having a bit of an off day, you can kind of take that to heart. Which made it very real at the end when they started to do, to do the deductions of who got the job and who didn't. But then you'd have people who got the job stepping forward on the line, still crying anyway because it was, it was so emotional. I totally understand. It was that. so incredibly emotional. I've never done anything like that. Have you ever cried when you got apart? Oh my gosh, I cry all the time. Yeah, yeah. I think I cried to death of the salesman. I'm so emotionally tuned in. Um, you ever cried not to, to get apart? Uh, probably, yeah, maybe, but I don't really want to dwell on things, you know? Like, no, but you got to go through it. you got to go through it, I guess, because, you know, like, um, you do, you commit to it, don't you? When you're learning the sides or whatever you've got to pre- do to prepare for it, you are committed and say, if you do really want to, to do the gig, yeah, you can, you can take it to heart, but I don't, I, re- I think I, for me, I remember just thinking back more recently, I, I've cried more on the things I've been celebrating. You know. Isn't that a great thing, yeah. though? Yeah, no, it's so cool. Usually it takes me a couple of days when you're that invested, that close. Yeah, no, I know. And I remember this occasion as well. We had a talk <sighs> on the phone, didn't we? I, I needed this. you to talk me down. Yeah, I remember this one. Um, yeah, it's tough and I really felt for you. But all the other wonderful things that were going on because of Holby City. I mean, like how this has been so great for you. And you're amazing. You've been absolutely brilliant. Not that I ever get to watch it, but what I have watched, you know. Well, thank you. You've been fantastic. So going back to Chorus Line, were you playing something that you were living at that time in your life? Or was there another part that you were like, that's more me? I was all the parts. (laughs) I was all the parts. I could relate to every single one of those people on the line. And you know, those are true stories as well. They're recordings from interviews. You know, they're they're actual real people. They're humans. You know, that's why I can't watch uh, these talent shows. And I know (laughs) it's nothing like Chorus Line, these sort of like big Saturday night talent shows. It's about the TV show, not the talent. I get it. But I, it still sucks you in. It's savage it's, though, isn't it? It brings you in. They drop their little underscoring when they're telling their personal lives. And now I'm hooked. And my th- I, my heart's Thro- in my throat. <laughs> I, I, why am I doing this? And then I, it makes me th- oh. question my career. And the, oh, Everything. Just, I can't watch it. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not watching them anymore. We're so fragile. We're so fragile. Like, I can't watch those shows. I've been told that, you know, by Rory that I'm not allowed to watch any of those shows because I do. I commit to their little, their little dreams. Ugh. It's horrendous. Yeah. But that's what this is. This is like the first reality show, you know? Yeah. That's what it is. But it's what we do as a living every day of our lives. You know, we put ourselves quite literally on the line. We've digressed a lot. We've hung. We have. We've had a hang. Now I'm going to ask two questions oh, to no. everyone. Okay. You're not going to time me answering these questions, are you? No. Okay, cool. Because whenever you put me on a timer, I, I have a panic. So They're easy questions. Good. Now that I know. Okay, go. It's not math questions. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> you never know. I might be good at math. The quadratic formula is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't even think I said it right. Um, <laughs> I'll YouTube H2O. it. H2O. YouTube yeah. it. <laughs> What's your... It comes straight to mind. Favorite childhood memory? Oh, 
Golders Hill Park. Go on. I don't know why I said that. That's great. I used to spend every Friday in Golders Hill Park, which is in Hampstead, which is all around where I grew up. And, um, yeah, I've got so many good childhood memories of doing cartwheels in Golders Hill Park. And there used to be this, like, little secret forest place. And it's still there. And it's actually got a name now, whereas before it didn't have a name. It was just, like, secret forest place. And I would leave my... My family, my mum and dad or my friends and their parents or whatever. And I would just take myself off and I would just sit. Sorry, it sounds really boring. But it's I not would, boring. And I would, they would be like, where's Victoria? And they would just find me sitting in this little magic forest place. It looked like fairyland, literally like a fairyland. And I'd just be sitting there. And they would find me and they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just sitting here. And I'd be gone 20 minutes or so at the age of like nine. <laughs> Man. And, and I said, I know this is a bit morbid of what I'm going to say, but I said, when my time's come to an end. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to be buried. I want to be cremated. You know, fine. Yeah, it's a thing. It's just more easy and manageable. I was like, can you, wherever, whatever you do with me, sprinkle me in this little forest place. And that's in Golders Hill Park. Well, I think many of us could do with 20 minutes sat there doing nothing. Mm -hmm. That might be a a nice uh, uh, therapy right now. Yeah. What made you smile yesterday? The show, Death of a Salesman at the moment. I am so all over it. Great. I'm so all over that show. Um, I think I'd go as far as saying it's the best thing I've ever seen. And that's making me smile. Working with those people, they are the loveliest people. And it's a real collaborative piece. Even though the show is about the family, mm-hmm. you know, those four characters, we are so involved Um I've got like I come on stage probably maybe th- three or four times or something. My my role is very small, mm-hmm. um, but I feel so heavily involved in this piece, and it's because of those at the top are making sure they're looking after everyone. You know, you're beautiful. Oh, I've loved hanging with you. I love your answers. You've made me smile. I've missed you. I've missed you too, buddy. I've missed BHB you too. in the house. <laughs> Love ya. Love ya. Thanks for hanging with Victoria and myself. I truly adore and admire her. And I cannot wait to see her lead the company in Cinderella as the evil stepmother. Take care, folks. The Hang is produced by Dory Berestein and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at bpn.fm forward slash the hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, a roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, official Ramin Karamlu. Music for my podcast is by my friends in one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live they are truly a great band and they are phenomenal live check them out
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.